0: Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in Central Office, bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. I am your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me out on all the socials at Bearded Tech Ed, or you can check out the MySPS internal website on WeLearn for the blog and the podcast and some other things that we have done, along with guy.com. So in case you missed it, the latest blog post is out, and it's all about challenge-based learning. If you've been paying attention, we've gone through project-based learning, problem-based learning, and now we're looking at challenge-based learning and how they are similar and different and what's great about these this little series of blog posts is that there are lots and lots of resources along with videos on teachers and schools who are doing these things so if this is something you're interested in in creating a new environment in your classroom i highly encourage you to go check it out this is again just the beginning of the conversation and research hopefully we'll be able to find some people who are interested in taking these things on so we can Learn more about the process and go along the journey with them. If you missed last week's podcast episode, I had mentioned a whole bunch of updates that Microsoft has made to all their internal products. I highly encourage you to go check out the show notes from last week. There's Wakelets in there that link to all the announcements from two major tech conferences this past few weeks. And I hope that you will learn and use some of these tools. Also, the same information was shared with all the tech coordinators in your buildings here in Springfield. So, if you're a teacher in Springfield and you want to learn more about these things, contact your tech coordinator. There are literally 70 of them now in the district. So, hopefully, you can get the information you need. So, normally, this part of the podcast, I would go into coming up next is our interview of the week. Um, As I mentioned last week, we're taking a step back. For a few weeks, instead of listening to interviews, we're actually going to hit the Wayback Machine and check out what we know about game-based learning and gamification in hopes that by the time we start in late February, we're going to have a blog series and a podcast series where we delve into a book. We're going to do a book study, and the book, I think you guys would be very excited about it. I think that you will learn a lot on how to do both game and game-based learning. That book is called Power Up Your Classroom by Lindsay Blass and Kate Tony, I'm sorry I mispronounced that. I met them at ISTE last year. I was so impressed with their talk that I went and bought the book. And we're actually going to do a study on that book over the next number of weeks through the blog, and we'll talk about it in the podcast. So that's you are well aware of all the things that are possible in your classroom. So you'll see a series of blog posts coming soon called Gamification, Game-Based Learning in Your Classroom, which is just what we already know, or I say by we, I mean me and the team here, like things that we've discussed and talked about when it comes to gamification in game-based classrooms. What we're hoping to do is learn a lot from it so that we can make it more applicable, but to know... Where we're going, it's important to know where we started, and that's why we're hitting the wayback machine this week. you're going to hear all about gamification. It was a three part because we were trying to keep the blocks to about a half hour, so we broke up the conversation into three parts. It was a long conversation, and so instead of having an interview this week, you're actually going to hear our conversation. A couple of things to note about the conversation is that these are very old podcasts; they were from a few years ago. So, the quality is definitely changed, and also the way we do things has changed. With long conversations like that, there are a little bit more musical interlude breaks. I kept those in mostly because I could not find the originals of the interview, of our conversation, I should say, not interview. So, instead of trying to edit those out because they talk and the music, begins and then when music's ending talk and there's still that little bit of time so you're going to hear a couple of weird different musical interludes throughout but do not be afraid we have learned and grown from that time and i have made sure that i have definitely saved all of the conversations separately as opposed to the episodes themselves take a listen this is all about gamification focusing on gamification. And we're kind of going to talk about that in regards to both what it is, what it isn't, and how it's different from game-based learning. So just a quick recap for everybody. Game-based learning is the balance. Balance is key with game-based learning. Essentially, it is the idea of balancing subject matter with gameplay and the ability of the user to retain and apply the subject matter to the real world. The games, although are not designed to be the teachers, but to enhance what the student is learning. A few examples of game-based learning is Sims, Minecraft, Pandemic, Peacemaker, Mission U.S., Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, 1979, I could go on with that list, and gamification, which is when you take the elements of gameplay and apply them to something that is not a game. Some examples of this is adding awards to your course, creating a scoreboard for your discussion comments, Class Dojo is an example of this. So is most of the PBIS systems that I have also seen running, and a few non-school examples of this is gas cards, Starbucks stars, and other rewards cards. I know we started out with a whole bunch of articles, and we could go in a million different directions, so I'll let one of you guys go ahead and start after that introduction.
1: Well, I'll start uh, really quickly, Mike, um, because part of me wants to have you repeat everything you just said. And I say that only because gamification and game-based learning are terms that I think are thrown away, thrown around frequently, and I'm not convinced that everyone who uses those terms understands the difference between gamification and game-based learning, and my guess is that a lot of people are still really confused, and you did a fabulous job mm-hmm. on outlining the differences between both of them, and I'm sure by the end of this podcast, it will be clear to our listeners, but I know when I read through... Um, many of these articles, and two in particular that compared the two, I needed to reread them and really try to visualize what each of them was, which wasn't always clear to me. So, um,
2: yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, Suzanne. We're fortunate in our position where we're able to go to the schools and see how folks are able to distinguish between gamification and game-based learning. Um, you know, it's it's really exciting to see how some of our Brightspace courses, for example, have been built up with content that can be released with the completion of an objective or folks using, you know, third party vendors for games for students to achieve goals. Right. Um, It's exciting and it's fun to see. And Mike, I have to say, I, I really appreciate that distinction because it helped me as well.
0: Yeah. I think that when it comes to those two terms and even thinking about it in schools, the reality is that we tend to interweave them together a lot. Like, I think of, like, Oregon Trail. I'm like, that's a game-based learning because you're learning about what it's like to go on the Oregon Trail. But it's not the teacher in that case because you learn a very small amount. Everyone gets dysentery and everyone dies. But that truly was not the case because, I mean, we did settle California. I think knowing, like kind of what the difference is between the two is pretty important. And I I loved when a few of the articles that I read really kind of reference like grocery stores and uh, like Speedway has their own one and the Starbucks stars like that's gamification at its finest, because a lot of times we're encouraged to go back because of said behavior. Like I have a Starbucks card and I've made it to gold status because I use it so much. But it's been an encouragement to be like, hey, come in, buy two drinks this week and you get 50 stars. And then 50 stars adds up to another 20 stars and the stars add up to a free drink. And hey, you've
2: now earned a free drink. Congratulations, <laughs> keep going. Well, isn't that funny how they play off of the psyche of, of most people around the world, right? Most people love the reward aspect of gaming, obviously. That's why most people do game, <laughs> I suspect, right? Um, and I can grow I can remember growing up, I think, uh being this Generation X and that first crop group of students who really got to experience that gamification learning. I can remember playing Carmen Saint where in the world is Carmen mm-hmm. San Diego as, as a kid at home on my computer. It was funny, I was dusting off and cleaning up some old things around the house. And I kept coming across those games and the Oregon Trail game mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's interesting how you see it manifest itself. Uh, not just in schools, but Mike, as you were just detailing, in the business world uh, rewards cards uh, you know every time i go into the store it seems like i'm being offered a rewards card or every time you go online shopping you're being offered a reward and you really see how it's integrating not just into education but to in every aspect of life
1: right and i have multiple thoughts now going on <laughs> from what both of you just said um but mike i'll, I'll first say that you you provided us with a great uh, spectrum of articles to read because That's why I have 10 different thoughts going on that I want to talk about. But um, so I'll start with why we want to integrate gamification and or game-based learning into education. And up until I really understood more after reading these articles, I was coming from the mindset of we want to engage our students in learning. And so if we add gamification to our Brightspace courses, then that's going to engage them more. That's going to um, hopefully give them more intrinsic motivation to continue learning through our Brightspace courses. And um, one of the articles you you gave us um, really outlined the difference in that gamification might change behavior and would make students more inclined to play because they want to earn the points, but that only goes so far. Whereas the game-based learning really helps them with their critical thinking skills and they They really just delve so much more deeply into the game-based learning. So I think that's a a very clear difference that not a lot of people understand yet.
2: And that's definitely a recurring theme in the articles that I read about how gamification and game-based learning is suited for the modern-day learner. For the student who's used to that rewarding, whether they be on, whether it be on social media or in the games they play at home or within Minecraft, which I've never played, but you can see how this is seen over and over again whenever we visit the the schools that there's like point totals and rewards and badges and it really is designed and suited for the modern learner.
1: Right. And that goes right into an article you provided about uh, addiction versus habit and The gamification characteristics lend themselves towards the addiction part, right? You want, you can't stop playing. You want to earn more points. You you can't stop doing that until you reach a certain level. And there was a person in here, uh, Mike, I'm sure you remember his name, Gabe Zickerman, or Zickerman, Mm -hmm. who was originally a cheerleader for gamification, and he worked for major companies. So you think of your grocery stores, your gas stations, and all of that, who wanted people to continually go to their sites or their, their um, businesses. And so he taught them what they needed to do within their platform to get people to continually go back. But now, when he goes to a restaurant and sees everyone sitting at a table looking at their cell phone, mm-hmm. he thinks, oh, okay, this has gone a little bit too far. How can I change it? So I was happy to hear he came up with an app that will help people change their habits.
2: It's almost interesting. You, you, you almost uh, teachers nowadays are thinking of ways to manage technology within the classroom. I think we almost have to take a step back, Suzanne, off of what you said, and ask ourselves how should we manage technology in our personal lives? Some of the in one of the articles I read, I read about a nine year old boy who ended up having to go. Uh, to seek help from the amount of gaming that he was doing. He had completely shut himself off socially. And it just, it brings that to mind. Where is that that cross balance here, and, and how far is it going?
1: Right, and I think there's probably a lot of teachers out there who uh, may not be inclined to add gamification aspects to their, their courses or to integrate game-based learning into their classrooms because they're worried about that, right? But really, our goal is to help students succeed after they graduate, right? So we need to help them understand how to regulate technology in their life.
2: Most certainly, I think the main goal for us is to make sure that our our students are well prepared to be 21st century learners and workers, obviously. So you're absolutely right.
1: right, and that goes right into an article you provided about uh, addiction versus habit and the gamification characteristics lend themselves towards the addiction part right you want you can't stop playing you want to earn more points you you can't stop doing that until you reach a certain level and there was a person in here uh mike i'm sure you remember his name gabe zickerman or zykerman Mm -hmm. who was originally a cheerleader for gamification And he worked for major companies, so you think of your grocery stores, your gas stations and all of that, who wanted people to continually go to their sites or their their, um, businesses. And so he taught them what they needed to do within their platform to get people to continually go back. But now, when he goes to a restaurant and sees everyone sitting at a table looking at their cell phone, Mm -hmm. he thinks, oh, okay, this has gone a little bit too far. How can I change it? So I was happy mm-hmm. to hear he came up with an app that will help people change their habits.
2: It's almost interesting. You, you, you almost uh, teachers nowadays are thinking of ways to manage technology within the classroom. I think we almost have to take a step back, Suzanne, off of what you said and ask ourselves how should we manage technology in our personal lives? So you, some of the in one of the articles I read, I'm, I read about a nine-year-old boy who ended up having to go. Uh, to seek help from the amount of gaming that he was doing. He had completely shut himself off socially. And it just, it brings that to mind. Where is that that cross balance here? And, and how far is it going?
1: Right. And I think there's probably a lot of teachers out there who uh, may not be inclined to add gamification aspects to their, their courses or to integrate game-based learning into their classrooms because they're worried about that, right? But... Really, our goal is to help students succeed after they graduate, right? So we need to help them understand how to regulate technology in their life.
2: Well, most certainly. I think the main goal for us is to make sure that our, our students are well prepared to be 21st century learners and workers, obviously. Um, so it, you're absolutely right. And kind
0: of coming back to some of the things that you were talking about um, the idea of habits is very important in, ga- in gamification because there's a reason why I don't drink coffee, but I go to Starbucks. There's a reason why I'll, I go to certain grocery stores. When I was a student, there's reasons why I would do certain things because I knew the reward that would come along with them. And in some ways, as I was reading this, I'm like, well, is homework kind of like on the cusp of being gamification? Because the idea of homework is, the teacher's goal is to hopefully to like encourage your learning, continue your learning. As a student, your goal is to not get the zero. I don't know. It was just one of those things where it's like, it's like gamification is good for creating habits. Does it all gamification have to be technology-based?
1: Right, right. No, it's a very good point. Because in the end, we don't want students to do their homework or pass a test or, or whatever it is simply because they want that A. We want them to do it because they want to learn. We want that intrinsic motivation to be established. So I guess my my opinion at at this point in time, which can Mm -hmm. always change, but um, I think if gamification can be used to start good habits, then that's great as long as it continues on to a more well-rounded type of learning.
0: Yeah, and I don't think gamification can solve or fix any problems because it's only as good as its use. And once it outgrows its use, it's like not going to be great for you to use anymore. Like I, I think of class dojo, for example, there's a huge gamification aspect to that because it's tracking all of the positive things you're doing in the classroom. Well, that's great for the younger grades, but like, as you get older, like it's still the same thing from kindergarten all the way through 12. They don't have like a separate class dojo for high school. For example. While that might be a useful tool for some, and they might get into like the addictive habit of it of like always trying to like make sure they hear that ding for when they get points. But for many, like gamification in that aspect kind of like goes away. Like it's not as effective anymore. Where it's like You know, I'm going to get my points anyways. I'm going to do what I want. So in one of the articles, there was this great chart. I can see that, Suzanne, you have it out too, where they kind of like laid out like education games versus gamification of education, which is a mouthful. Um, And they kind of like each of the levels, they have like the education games part and then the gamification part. And so they kind of compare the two. So it's easy to see how, even though they are two different things, how they tend to get confused a lot. So, for example, um, one of them, it says, for education games, strive to present the right level of challenge to the player. That's for education games. For the gamification version of that, it's targeting levels of challenge seldom considered. Those aren't very different from what we're saying.
1: Right. That's why it gets so confusing, Mike. Number one, because in that particular article, it refers to education games, not game-based learning. So again, it's just the whole vocabulary that you need to to master first. Um, And then where they say for gamification of education, targeting level of challenge seldom considered. I would argue that, right? Because if you're setting up your course in Brightspace and you've um, gotten to the point where students are earning points based on um, accomplishing certain assignments, then that is targeting a certain level. They're not going to get to the highest level until they've mastered X, Y, and Z. Um, But I think it's the context that's different.
0: Right. And I think the one that out of that group that really makes the most sense to me was the uh, focus on conceptual change for education games versus focus on behavioral change for um, gamification. Mm -hmm. Because I I continue to go back to gamification is really about behavior and the behaviors that you're doing whether positive or negative, the reason why you're doing them. Like, that's why Class Dojo works. That's why the grocery store ones work. I go to Big Y more than I go to Stop and Shop. Why? Because it's got the rewards card. Or someone could say the opposite, saying I go to Stop and Shop more for the gas points. Because I'm already buying my groceries, now I'm going to go in the reward of buying my groceries there is I get cheaper gas. So that to me, that's behavior and education games themselves is more about, like, at, like you've learned X in class, and now this game is going to help you understand X better, or it's going to come right along to help build X into Y.
1: Right. I think that's that's a very good point. Um, along with that, they explained how the education games will have a whole storyline involved with characters and, and whatnot, whereas gamification doesn't necessarily have that. It might have a personal avatar that the student uses, but the the storyline is weak. I think with the education games, students are going to remember the whole experience more and remember the thought processes they went through or uh, everything involved more so than just going through a gamified course. So
0: we've spent a lot of time talking about gamification and how it's applied in the classroom and how it works. Let's talk about some game-based learning things, because quite frankly, I love playing games. I try to do it as much as possible, and I think we all, deep down, do truly enjoy playing board games. With game-based learning, it's all like we were mentioning before, it's all like adding to the learning that's going on in the classroom. So how, what are some ways that you guys think that teachers can really use games to help improve the learning in the classroom?
2: I think um, like that's a good point. I was reading an article regarding examples of the integration of tech into the classroom, and a teacher was talking about how they would actually challenge their students, their class, to complete steps of game based learning. So, whether it be something as simple as logging into Brightspace and navigating your way to a, an objective the teacher would set up goals and award points based off of how students were able to actually complete the instruction. So not only using gamification or game-based learning for classroom management, but also providing a rewarding for the students to just follow the instructions, which I, I found pretty interesting.
1: I like that. What I like about your example, Brendan, is the fact that the students are working together to get that done.
2: Absolutely. And the teacher actually mentioned that they took this and scaled it out to actually have classroom versus classroom competitions. So the students would work in groups to complete an objective, to follow the instructions, and if they beat the teacher to the objective or if the teacher was incorrect, the teacher would award the students or the class a point. Or if the students were correct and they were able to do, they would be rewarded a point. I love it. The teacher would be awarded a point. I actually remember
0: doing that in my student teaching, not digitally, but... We would do, at the school I was student taught at, we would do mad minutes. So it would be like 100 multiplication problems, and you try to do as try to do it as fast as you can. And if you could beat the teacher, then you got a reward out of it. So one, it made me have to be on my game, but in some ways, that gamified multiplication for those students, where later on in the year, you could just ask questions, or they could be doing calculations in their head, because they had that base knowledge of, hey, 3 times 2 is 6, 6 times 3 is 18. Like, they could just build. Yeah. I had to think there for a moment as I was rambling on. But they had to build it up because, and it all started because of doing the game.
1: There was another uh, part of an article that talked about the difference or the, the point of view from teaching and learning. So teachers using game-based learning... Uh, like the fact that you can explore literary themes and storytelling skills, Um, but from the learning perspective, uh, they could assess and build non-cognitive competencies of students. So, in other words, students' ability to self-regulate, to resolve conflicts, and expressing their emotions. So, I think all of that is so important. We've talked in the past, Mike, about uh, the importance for kids to have playtime, whether it's at recess or otherwise, but um, all of those skills are necessary to ultimately succeed.
0: So when it comes to games in the classroom, we can think back to when we were students and some of our favorites. Brendan mentions Carmen Diego, and I was mentioning Oregon Trail. And so when it comes to gamification, um, one of the articles talked about a few ways that you could do it, integrate it into your classroom and things that we can do right now. Uh, one is changing how grades are done, not like your point system. But instead of saying you got a eighty five out of a hundred, you could be like, you gained thirty five experience points. Or if it was like a thirty five to forty point thing, hopefully it's not thirty five out of a hundred. But instead of like giving them necessarily the fraction part of their grade or the percentage part, it could be like you earned eighty five experience points this week and. You can have it set so that there's certain goals that they have to meet. So that as they're learning and gaining knowledge, they're getting points along the way, which helps with your grading. That's just one idea.
1: I love the idea. It goes along with, with the whole project based learning. Um, the challenge with that obviously is to have a, a standard uh, assessment that would be mm-hmm. equal across the board but I love the idea and I think even if it's not ultimately something that goes on to a report card it's a great way to help students think differently about their learning that it's not just about that final grade it's oh how many experience points did I get how many collaboration points did I get how many presentation points did I get and it makes them think differently I like that
0: mm-hmm. it's something they can build upon another way to do that is one way that Brightspace has, which is a great tool, which is the awards tool, and setting up different awards. Um, in doing research about the awards tool and how to implement it, a few of the things that I've learned, and you can tell me if it's good ideas or not. But one is to not have it every five assignments like you get a reward, like not to have it so predictable. Um, so have a little bit of unpredictability in there and sometimes it's good to have like random awards like given out so like if you complete some assignments hey you get the assignment bonus award or something
1: yep i'm all on board with that i think that's the the best way to go about it because otherwise you you may have students in the class that are always getting those awards first and then those who aren't quite up to the same speed are going to just feel awful that they haven't reached that level yet whereas if it's sporadic and mm-hmm. Um, the teacher can very specifically give out awards to certain students, then every student in that class will at some point get an award, which leads to a much more positive learning environment.
0: Another example uh, of ways that you can gamify is um, they talk about, in one of these articles, introducing video games into the curriculum, which immediately when I read that, I'm like, no, 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 no. But then I started thinking about it more. I'm like, well, there's the schools that use Prodigy. Um, iReady has a component to it that works in that same way where they're earning points and gaining knowledge. And it's a game. There's games in iReady to use. There's games in Prodigy. There's games in, what's that other one that people use? Dreambox? Yeah, Dreambox. They all seem to be math-based, actually, the more I think about what I'm saying. Except for I-Ready. I already has got well, some. Uh,
1: okay, great. go with the videos. What, what made me change my mind about that, because I initially had the same response of, no, you don't want video games. But then uh, one of the authors here um, related it to art and music in entertainment and how I'm sure my parents would never have imagined that certain entertainment videos could be used in education. But... Now they are. And so there's really nothing to say that we can't do the same with video games. It's just a matter of stepping back, choosing the appropriate ones, and being completely aware of how the students are using it.
0: I think that's um, one of the great things with gamification that we haven't really touched on yet is this idea of instant feedback. Like, where with, with gamification, they can... Um, get something actionable that they can do afterwards. Like, oh, I didn't quite meet the standard. Oh, I did what I I needed to meet, and so now I'm going to continue on. So it's kind of the idea, well, let's have it building, but then I get that feedback of, oh, you did this well. And that's why, like, with some of the tools that we use, even outside of this gamification, game-based learning discussion, using tools like the OneDrive to respond to students' writing and be able to give that instant feedback or using OneNote to do the same thing. Like that's huge for students, like being able to have something actionable that they can move forward with instead of dwelling on, Oh, I didn't do well on that.
1: Right. Or even, even uh, not so much that last statement you made, Mike, but the fact that they may be given an assignment that initially would seem so incredibly overwhelming to them and they may shut down in a matter of minutes. Whereas if you're able to set up through gamification, Short pieces of work that they need to do. Short's not the right word, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, smaller pieces of work that they can accomplish successfully and get a little bit of positive feedback, that's going to keep them going for the next step. Small bits and pieces, and eventually they'll accomplish the the, the main <laughs> goal and feel very good about themselves.
2: And it's just funny when I put this into context with my earlier academic career. I remember, you know, the most exciting thing was when we got a sticker to put up against our names in the classroom. And and now as we work our way, we're, we're speaking about badges and, and, you know, tokens within our learning management system. You can truly see that that transition. Um, and Suzanne, I like the way you kind con- put into context the importance of the randomness so that it's not just the same students all the time who are the fastest, but all the students. And I think this shift at technology allows you to, it allows you to make sure all the students feel uh, equitable in term as they're gaming. Absolutely, classroom.
1: it's all good. We just need to to see what our teachers are doing, hear from them.
0: So to wrap up, out of all the articles you read, like if you're gonna walk away with just one thing, like what would that one thing be? Well, for me,
2: uh, one of the really interesting tidbits I got were talking about the. You know the gamification of education um, and education for global development. I was talking about students living in poverty. Uh, about how well, there's one billion students living on a dollar twenty five a day, but there's the equal amount of students who are gaming and playing games. And I think it's important that we take a look at games not just as an opportunity for students to play and achieve. Uh, you know badges and awards, but also as a port, as a platform to spread awareness uh, for, for, um, you know, certain causes I know in, uh, underdeveloped countries in the third world in third worlds, uh, gamification is used to spread awareness uh, about diseases. And this is one of the really interesting article pieces of the articles that I read, um, and this is, I believe this was from NPR. So I really, I really did think it was interesting when I got to delve into it and see how game gamification is used, not just, like I said, for gaming, but for the spread of awareness.
1: Excellent. For me, I think um, reading various articles, it seemed that some people are definitely in favor of game-based learning over gamification. Other people are talking about the positives of gamification. So I think it's very important to to educate yourself. For, we, we need to make more articles available to the district so that people can fully understand the difference between the two and how to use each of them. Uh, and I think it's, it's something that's very easily confused. So we'll take it upon ourselves to, to educate, inform and inspire. And, um, just on a side note, because I think Mike, we, we touched upon gamification in one of our past podcasts. And at that point in time, I was still learning about it, and my immediate response, my initial response was, oh, no, you're not going to play a game in school. You need to learn. Hmm. So (laughs) going with that and thinking that a lot of people out there um, are worried about the amount of screen time that kids are are, are having nowadays, again, to to educate yourself and understand the difference between a habit – and something that's gone a bit further to the point where it's affecting their relationship with the people around them.
0: And I think for me, in reading all these articles, it came down to balance. You have to have balance with, do. you can't just give students games and expect them to learn. You can't just have gamifications and expect that the behaviors and the habits of the students will change. Like, there needs to be a balance between the two. That, to me, is what really spoke out in all of these articles because some of the articles like we were mentioning like they focus on one aspect of it and all positive and and another one focused on another thing and in kind of bringing all the information together that's what it really seemed to come down to for me that was my little tidbit that i'll pull away again this conversation is all about gamification and game-based learning in the classroom all these articles will be posted along in our show notes and they will also appear randomly up on Yammer as we go out through the rest of this year. So that's it. That was that blog post all about gamification. Next week, we're going to get back into our regularly scheduled interviews of the week. I'm excited for you guys to hear. A few of the ones that we have upcoming. But for now, I just again want to thank you. Thank you for hitting the Wayback Machine with me. If you like this episode, please make sure you give us a five star review out on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you happen to listen to it. We are even on iHeartRadio. I just heard advertisements earlier today on the radio talking about how podcasts are on iHeartRadio. And we're actually there. Wherever you listen to us, leave us a review. Make sure you're subscribed to us. Hopefully you are. And if not, subscribe, share out that link with all your friends. Let them know all. All the great things that are happening in Springfield and things that are upcoming. We are so very blessed to know that you guys are out there listening. If you have any comments, questions, feedback, or if you know of someone who would be great to interview, or if what you're doing in the classroom is pretty awesome and you want to share it, also let us know. You can do that through sending me an email at thomasmi at springfieldpublicschools.com or beardedtechedguy at gmail.com, whichever one. You can go right through our site on Spreaker to send us messages too. We'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. With that said... I'm wrapping up today. This is the SBS Digital Learning Hour. I'm the Bearded Tech Ed Guy, Mike Thomas, and we'll see you next week.